This Nanuko news story is not going away anywhere. A texter in about Nanuko. I was getting my Spanish Christmas sweets fixed from a taste of Dub- uh, taste of Spain in Dublin's Capel Street. Oh, I know. Do you have seen it there? I've never been in. And I saw that they had toiletries and cleaning products too, which I find very satisfying. And if I'm sure I saw Aqua de Colonia there, Nanuko, worth checking if there's any left. In any case, they'll bring it in if you ask them nicely. Thank you so much. And that's from... Angel. So I imagine Angel might be Spanish, maybe. But thank you. So uh, Dublin's Capel Street, A Taste of Spain, Nanuco. There'll probably be a rush on it now. The range I said it. Now I'm so excited and delighted to be joined in studio by renowned Irish harpist, vocalist and music therapist, Marina Cassidy. Good morning. Good morning, Brendan. So and, lovely to be here. And you're, uh, let me set the scene. Marina's sitting facing me with a harp, an actual <laughs> harp in the studio. How exciting. So Marina, um, we met... I was hosting the HSC Excellence Awards and you, and you were accompanying me on stage and we met. Uh, but tell listeners a little bit about yourself. So what do you do? OK, well, um, I am a music therapist in recent years, but prior to that, I suppose from, from the early years, I have been a musician, um, began my music studies at a very young age. I grew up in a village in uh, County Meath called Kilmainham Wood, very close to the birthplace of the um, 17th century Irish harper, Thurlock Carolyn. Oh, really? Yes. So I suppose the uh, curiosity about the harp and then the opportunity to learn it um, started at a young age. Um, and then uh, before becoming a music therapist, I've been a teacher. I've worked in a primary school. I've taught music and I've done a lot of performing. So would you, as a child, would you have known that this famous Celtic harpist was from your area, Turlock Carlin? You knew that? Um, yes. I mean, that would have been one of the stories that you would have heard locally. You know, wow. it was very much part of the folklore. And um, and the fact that Carolyn was a blind harper oh. um, always fascinated me. So here was this um, great musician um, who was composing all these lovely tunes, but uh, was composing them uh, relying on his ear. You know, um, the musicians at that time would have been illiterate musicians. And um, I was always fascinated by that um whole tradition, the oral tradition, I suppose, where the tunes were passed down. Um, and so when I can I, see why that story would really be curious to a child as well. Yes. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And this Harper, he began his life in uh, County Meath, but then moved to the northwest of Ireland. And the stories of this Harper, you know, travelling around the locality uh, with a harp and a horse and um a guide to lead him so that he could entertain in the great Irish houses. And then, of course, that wow. was what prompted all the wonderful tunes he composed for his patrons. So you, before you started, you trained in music therapy, you were, were a soprano and a harpist, but you, you've travelled the world with singing and performing, haven't you? I've had some really <laughs> nice opportunities that have come about. Um, I think what's special for me was that all my engagements always had a personal connection. Oh. So, you know, people who heard me somewhere and then invited me to come. And um, for example, at a very young age, I, I was brought to um, L.A. to do the music for a wedding. That was very exciting as yeah, a 20 year old <laughs> yeah. from a small village in Meath. <laughs> 
and, and I'm seeing here as well Kensington Palace um, you played uh, for the uh, what was Kensington Palace by the way how did that work uh, the event in Kensington Palace was uh, for a Chilean mining company wow. so again somebody who had heard me here in Ireland and had a connection with that company um, what was particularly significant about that was it was during the uh, Chilean mining disaster yes where the miners were trapped. So I just remember a very special atmosphere at that event. And um, I think my own awareness too, through my life of how music can really reach people and always wanting to be inclusive as a musician. So when I was invited to do that, I decided that with respect to the Chilean culture, I should learn one of their songs. And so I found a beautiful song called Gracias a la Vida. And completely coincidentally, I performed it that night and um, an elderly lady came up to me and her husband, her late husband, had been the founder of the Chilean mining company who had passed away recently. And that was the song that was. So I think there was always that maybe intuitive thing with me about the power of music, which has ultimately led me to pursuing music therapy. Um, Before we go into music therapy, I'm fascinated by, you know, a young child taking on such a huge instrument. You know, how old were you when you started to play the harp? I was about 11. And what it must have seemed huge, did it? Well, actually, <laughs> they were huge. So I was very fortunate that in my primary school years, I had a wonderful music teacher, um, you know, who really was very visionary in what we got to do as, as children. And then I was fortunate to go to secondary school in Mount Sackville, where the music was very big. But the memory from there that stands out was at that time, concert harps, beautiful, big, gold, ornate harps, you know. And I remember there were eight of them in Mount Sackville. And I can still hear the sound of us in the choir singing uh, Puccini's humming chorus from Madame Butterfly, accompanied by eight harps. Wow. And that was really special. But then there was a shift um, towards the the Celtic harp, the Irish harp, um, Probably for practical reasons. It's a bit smaller, is it? It's a bit easier to get around. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And uh, so through my time in Mount Sackville, I was very fortunate to have um, really good training in both harp and singing. Okay. And um, yeah. So music therapy. And I think when we chatted, when we met... We, it was really funny because we're in Farmley. It was a really lovely, beautiful event, wasn't it? And beautiful. it was celebrating excellence in yeah. in health service. So it was all very poignant and very grown up. And because you're not allowed to plug anything in in Farmley, you know that, you're not allowed to plug instruments in because it's an old building. Uh, they had this idea to bring a harpist in. And it was every time I walked on stage, I walked onto the noise of a harp. It's like an angel. <laughs> I was like, this is always <laughs> how I imagined I'd enter a room. How did, you just mentioned to me there when we were chatting afterwards, that you're a music therapist. And I was like, oh, tell me about that. So uh, f- give us a little bit of context on music therapy. When was it first introduced to Ireland? Oh, first introduced to Ireland in 1978. But of course, music therapy originated um, as a response to uh, PTSD, post-traumatic syndrome, um, from soldiers returning from the war during World War II. That was its beginnings. And then in the 1950s, um, I suppose it began to be um, formulated into the profession that it is now. Now it is, you know, there's a very rich body of evidence um showing how music can be used um, to promote health, 
um, in rehabilitation. So it's used in a wide variety of settings, both um, health, educational. Um, but the first one in Ireland was in 1978. Um, a lady called Catherine O'Leary brought it to a psychiatric unit in Cork. OK. Um, so what the, the benefits, I'd have a list here. So what are the benefits of music therapy? How, like, give us a practical hands on. Well, I think firstly, two people don't, you know, they just say, what is music therapy? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, so music <laughs> therapy is where we use the elements of music. So, you know, pitch, rhythm, texture, dynamics, all of that. Um, and we use that through a wide range of instruments. But we use it for very specific therapeutic goals. Okay. So the thing about music therapy is that it takes part place within a therapeutic relationship. So it's between you, the um, the client, whether that's a patient, maybe um, a resident in a care home, and in my case too, it's also working with children in a children's hospital. Um, and then we use music, you know, with uh, specific goals around physical emotional, um, a wide range of needs, the spiritual needs, uh, communication needs. So, um, but the thing about music therapy is we can only practice um, when we have a master's in music therapy okay. because it is, a, is it, a, it is a form of psychotherapy using music. Of course. Well, it is. So it is. It's a yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so you trained as a music therapist. Yes. So just my journey into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, doors present themselves when we least expect it. Um, in 2017, I'm attached to uh, MISA, the Mercer Institute for Successful Ageing at St. James's Hospital. I know it well. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. A it's a wonderful place, place yeah. where creativity is very much part yeah. of um, patient care and rehabilitation. Um, there's a creative life pillar which stands beside the medical, the research, the education. Um, and in 2017, the first um, Bialtana festival uh, took place in Misa and I was invited there to perform. And during my day there, I had some time to spare and I volunteered to go to one of the stroke wards. And um, immediately, you know, the, the, the patients there began to respond to the music. You know, they began to keep time. They began to sit up straight. Wow. Maybe use their upper limbs in a way that they hadn't. They began to sing. You know, I was very mindful of maybe songs that they knew respecting the, the age group. Conversations began to happen. And um, wow. I suppose I've always maybe had an ease of with connecting with people through music and always saw, for me, it was about the impact of music on an individual. Yeah. Um, and there were uh, two uh, professors there, the late Professor Davis Coakley and Professor Roseanne Kenny witnessed this. And uh, they suggested that I would come back and do some further work. But I said, yes, but I need to get properly trained to work in a clinical setting. And so began my journey. Uh, I went to Edinburgh and uh, undertook a two year master's with the vision of bringing this back um, as opposed to St. James's. Um, and uh, I chose to go to England, too, because, of course, in England, we are recognised as healthcare professionals. Oh, OK. Um, that's a status we're still, I suppose, pursuing here. 
Um, That's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Wow. I'm, mm. Why are we slow to that, do you think? Um, I think, I suppose, all of these things take time. Um, but it is so important because now um, in, in St. James's, again, in collaboration with the Creative Life Department, um, there would be a gradual integration into the work of the other allied healthcare professionals. Okay. So now I would work closely with um, speech and language therapists, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, social workers. Um, and we're all working on shared goals. Okay. For a patient rehabilitation or for well-being. Um. I'm really struck by the, it's almost cinematic of you going in with your harp to a stroke ward and seeing physical reaction from, to the music. That must have been very powerful, was it? Yes. I mean, I would be very mindful, um, I suppose, with an instrument like a harp. I would never bring my harp in in my initial meeting with a patient because it can be a bit overwhelming. I mean, the other wonderful thing about music therapy, too, is that for the most part, you're giving people a whole new experience. Most people we work with wouldn't have any musical background. It's not necessary. Yeah. But how exciting for an older adult and for a child to have the opportunity to explore uh, music. So harp is just one of the instruments. We have a wide range of of tuned, untuned percussion instruments. Um, But then there would be many times, say, you know, we we work with... um, both uh, receptive and expressive music. There would be many times where I would use my harp, say, to promote relaxation, maybe to reduce agitation. Can we have a little can a little look at some of the techniques or a little listen to some of the techniques that you would use? Would you show me? Uh, yes. Great. Yeah. You say in relation to that, I've had the uh, wonderful privilege, I would call it, of bringing harp music to the ICU department. Wow. And that's really special because there you have to be so aware, so attuned to the environment around you, be able to adapt to that. So, you know, there would be times where that might be about just matching a patient's rate of breathing. Wow. Yeah. And that could be something, you know, just very, very gentle, maybe just... And then sometimes I would notice it's so patients. beautiful, though. It's really moving. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. There's almost an undercurrent of emotion to the harp, though, isn't there? There is, because I think there's that depth of sound. As an instrument, it works very well in those spaces because I can... It's gentle. Yeah, and I can use the full range of it. And say, for example, in ICU, you know, I might see somebody maybe begin to tap their foot under the blanket. Really? Yeah. They may be, you know, just coming back into a level of awareness. Wow. And then I might just change into a... Just to match that. Um, And, of course, that's very much, too, about normalising that clinical environment, you Mm. know. In clinical settings, usually the only acoustic sound is the sound of bleeps yeah um and that was very much key um i came into misa first in uh when i when i graduated in 2020 during the covid pandemic um and i was part of a wonderful project project called behind the front lines um and that was to support frontline staff 
I bet you they love to see you coming. Yeah, to relax, yeah. To maybe take the temperature down a bit even. Yeah. Do you play different music depending on whether it's a, 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 a child or an adult? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, as a music therapist, it has to be patient, child-centred and patient-led. So again, we're just using music to facilitate their expression. Um, so that entails covering a wide range of music. Because the music that matters to a patient is is what they want, you know. Um, so obviously with a child, um, improvisation is very much part of the work. Um, so even as late as yesterday, you know, I was working with a little boy and uh, he wanted to explore the chimes and he wanted to make lots of noise. So I went with that. Um so again, just backing that, sometimes I'm using a guitar, sometimes a keyboard. And of course, the human voice is key. Mm. Um, <clears throat> this little boy, there were moments he wanted to bounce on the bed. So that was full of energy. Then he would maybe lie down to rest. And I went with him all the time. OK. Yeah. What kind of music do you play for children, like compared to what you were just playing there? Um, Can you give us a little blast? Yeah, I mean, for the children, I suppose it's it's very much about, you know, their songs. Oh, yeah, of course, um, yeah. For example, a, a song I, I use a lot is um, the lovely song from Toy Story, You've Got a Friend in oh, Me. Gorgeous. You know, yeah. and that's where music too can maybe say what words can't say. So there's lyrics in that, you know. You've got a friend in me You've got a friend in me When the road ahead seems rough And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed <laughs> So those lyrics can maybe say what the child, what the parents, what the siblings are feeling Yeah, yeah um, so that's where it's a very powerful tool. Um, working with the children, um, I'm a music therapist as part of the palliative care and the long stay um, team in the Children's Hospital in Crumlin and a little bit in Temple Street. And that is very family centred, child centred. And the other thing, too, is it's strengths based. So when children or adults are unwell, there's a huge focus on what they can't do. OK. Music affords us the opportunity to focus on what they can do. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. Okay. And that's really key. And there's nothing more wonderful than to see a family. You know, I would give an instrument to every member of the family. <laughs> wow. Um, and to see a family being able to be like that together, you know. So that's all about maybe normalising a clinical environment. Um, and again, whether it's children or adults, you know, the, the non-verbal component of music is huge. Um, Do you use it for speech therapy with children? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, I can. I've done more of that work with adults oh, in you? stroke rehabilitation. Okay. Um so again, you know, the goals there would be to um, what's really interesting is that when when people can't speak, they can still sing because music is processed across all areas of the brain. Wow. 
Um, so we have, um, there's, a, there's a training called neurologic music therapy, which I have undertaken, and there would be very specific techniques in that. So in speech rehabilitation, you know, that would be the use of functional phrases, like a person singing, my name is Mary. So that might be very difficult for a person to say, but when I add music to that... Give it, an example. Yeah. Yeah. So it, very simply... My name is Mary, my name is Mary, my name is Mary. And while we're singing that, I'm tapping out the rhythm of that. So I'm following the natural inflections yeah. <clears throat> of the phrase. Yeah. And you're helping a person to sort of entrain that in their system with the goal of taking away the music and then my name is Mary is there. I got a text here delighted to hear the talented Marina Cassidy this morning. I have a wonderful memory of the choir from Mount Sackville being invited to sing at Marion's wedding at the Beachside Church in Laytown. We were accompanied by the one and only Sister Eugene, mm. whom we all love dearly. It was a very memorable day. Uh, I think she means you, Mar Mar Marina inspired me to sing with the harp, something I continue to do 30 plus years later. My brother passed away a couple of years ago. I still have a beautiful video of him listening to me singing and playing the harp oh. the morning he passed away. I'll treasure it forever. Wishing you all a wonderful Christmas. Isn't that a lovely text? Lovely. Loads of texts about uh, Sister Eugene, by the way. She was a special lady. Was she? A really inspirational lady. Really? Yeah. That's somebody who knows you personally, Marina. Oh. So, um, I, I think you've blown my mind. I absolutely love this area. It's really fascinating. It and particularly for somebody who, do, who doesn't know anything about it. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous gift to have and to do, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose that is the thing. It is a gift. And uh, I feel it beholds me to share that gift yeah. and make a difference. And that's why at this stage I have found myself um, in music therapy, um, you know, and say in in the palliative care area you know which is such a a privileged area to work in and also to help people realize that you know palliative care is is care over a lifespan however long that is and it's about creating a quality of life and um creating normality fun i mean with the children you know Children are about play and with music and with a range of instruments, we can really play yeah. while we deal with a lot of other things. Yeah, it's incredible work. Do you, are, do you find it very satisfying? Absolutely. I, I you have an energy though, Marina, I'm not going to lie. You've <laughs> kind of got this angel energy. It's really oh, lovely, dear. which I encountered on the day. We kind of synced up with your music. You remember when we first met? Yes. But you have a really good, amazing energy. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, um, uh, people must absolutely love you when they see you coming, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just it's come really, with yeah. a, with an openness. Yeah. And I think that's what I love too about being a music therapist. You know, it's, it's all about possibility and potential. And that was very interesting coming from being a performer and a teacher of music, you know, where that was all appropriately structured and about yeah. perfection. What I love is, is the creativity in music therapy. You never know what's going to I happen. Can imagine. Yeah. 
Hi, Brendan. I'm a junior doctor who used to work at uh, St. James's. Uh, Marina's music is one of my fondest memories of the place. What a special woman. That's from Joe. Hi, Brendan. We love Marina in Killarney. So talented. The mother of, oh, yes, of course, Jessie Buckley happens to be your daughter. <laughs> Such a pleasure to listen to this conversation. Happy Christmas. Carol Hogan. Hi, Hi Carol. Yes, I mean, we must mention that, of course, as well. Um, <laughs> your, your wonderful five children you have, your mum. Yes. Five kids. Will they yeah. all be home for Christmas? Um, all bar the one you mentioned who'll oh. be home after Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Uh, Oscar nominated actress oh. Jessie Buckley happens to be your daughter, which is wonderful. But um, you're going to play us a song now out. Would you mind? Oh, I'd be delighted to. Yeah. Can I just tell you a little bit about the song I've chosen? Um, it's a song called Who Knows Where the Time Goes? Oh, go on. Um, which was... Um, I'm crying now, Marina. <laughs> Yeah, uh, composed and sung by the wonderful late Sandy Denny and a band called the Fairport Convention. And when I was training to be a music therapist in Edinburgh, I worked at a day centre for people with acquired brain injury. And I think I was just struck as I am now that when people experience illness of whatever form, adult or children, well... Time has a whole other connotation, you know. We're all rushing around deadlines. But when you're in hospital or you're in a care home or you're a child in hospital, um, time is different. Yeah. And I was researching songs and uh, I came across this one. I just loved it because it spoke about that. It spoke about the, um, the friends that stay with us when things happen and just the reassurance that... I'm there with you. Uh, I'm not counting time. And maybe that's how I like to approach uh, my music therapy work. Uh, it's been a joy, Marina Cassidy. Great to see you. Uh, take it away. Thank you so much. deserted shore your fickle friends are leaving ah but then you know it's time for them to go but I will still 
not count the time For who knows where the time goes Who knows where the time goes Wonderful. Thank you so much. Really lovely to see you. Let's take a quick break. 